Hello, I'm Greg Crow, and you're listening to episode 28 of Audio Off the Shelf, the podcast where I play a handful of tracks from my physical collection. Everything I play in this show comes off the vinyl shelves in my living room, off the CD shelves in my basement, or out of that box of cassettes I keep on the shelf in the storage room. This week, I continue my conversation with Winnipeg icon Johnny Sizzle. If you haven't heard the first part of the interview, you may want to go back to episode 27 and start there. If you don't know the man, you probably don't know Winnipeg music. Although he is a man of many talents, he is probably best known as the host of his self-produced cable access show that ran from 1990 to 1994. Cable 11 in Winnipeg, also known as Vidion, gave airtime to local folks who had independent and creative ideas. It was sort of a primitive form of YouTube, I guess you could say, but it had more heart and an endearing campy value to it. Johnny Sizzle's Entertainment Watch was one of many shows that filled Vidion Cable 11's programming between belly dancing lessons, shows about mathematics and country music, sports talk shows, sketch comedy, religious programming, public opinion shows, and so much more. Johnny's show not only helped bands gain exposure, but also helped underage kids like myself discover the beautiful world of underground music before going to venues was a possibility. Johnny volunteered his time and gave so unselfishly to his local scene. Today's episode will be part two of three, where both Johnny and I reminisce about what Winnipeg was like back in the early 90s and pull some music off of our shelves to share with listeners. In today's episode, Johnny tells how and why his public access show came to an end. He also discusses his struggles with his mental health, his battles with addiction, his time in Montreal modeling and making music, drag shows in Vancouver, and his encounters with homophobia. He discusses his experience with the Deglo abortions, and he talks about his disillusionment with Winnipeg and his subsequent departure from the city. Some of the subject matter gets pretty heavy, so I just wanted to put a forewarning out there for folks. Now, before we begin, I would be remiss if I didn't point out Johnny's musical contributions, which he unnecessarily downplays numerous times throughout our chat. I want you to hear it for yourself. Here is Johnny Sizzle with COD. Right, C O D, C O D, C O D. 
on demand. COD, 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 cash on demand. COD, 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 put it in my hand. I shall command. Obey, obey me. I want your money. Cash on demand. on demand all right let's come back to your tv show for a moment here do you remember okay. i got this is kind of a two-part question uh I'd, I'd like to know why the show ended and do you remember your very last show oh i don't want to admit to it but uh i moved out on my own had my own apartment i have a form of schizophrenia called schizoid affective disorder. It's when schizophrenia is combined with uh, intellectual disabilities. Even, even in my early 20s, I, w I wasn't ready to, to live on my own. But my parents want me out of, the, out of the home. They had it in their head. We want you out of the home. Uh, we wanted you out of the home for a long time and I didn't take well to it. And I got into drugs. Um, I, I got into just being very low motivated to get anything done. I stopped just wanting to take the time and effort, to, uh, like contact bands and, and, and contact the TV station. And the TV station was telling me that they were going to get bought up by a, by a company out of, out of Calgary called Shaw Cable. Mm -hmm. And that, that they'll never let me, they'll never let another show like mine ever exist again. Nothing with like a subversive bent to it. Yeah. But I was so I was so wrapped up in, in in you know being stoned and having all these friends who were just basically I, I hate to say it but kind of using me as a place to go like for them to go to this this uh, apartment my apartment to do their drugs and everything and. And yeah, I just I just lost it. I had people at at, at the TV station, VPW, um, Channel Eleven, just telling me, "Hey, this new company's coming in. They're they're called Shaw Cable. They're they're uh, they got lot. They're multi multi millions. You know, they 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 want things pretty neutered. Your show, you you'll never be able to do another show like it. But I didn't listen to them carefully enough." Mm -hmm. and and i and and i was like yeah whatever life's wonderful <laughs> and i i quit my show without realizing what's coming up in a way i was lucky that i quit my show now my last show i'm embarrassed to tell you i just want like like always i want to tell people go out there and enjoy what is local mm -hmm. so my, my last 
my last episode that I did was me at a Winnipeg Gold Eyes game. No way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think I think the Gold Eyes were like a brand new team at the time. They would have been, yeah. They were a brand new team, and it, it the the whole episode was just me walking around the stadium, interacting with fans. Uh, there was like a, like a barber chair set up at one side of the stadium, and like if you paid five dollars, it went to charity, and you could have any kind of haircut you want. So I just said, "Shave that head down, shave it down." <laughs> Let's see a head shaving on tv it, it, it it's not like we followed the game yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just said hey look at old joy here right, right. so i'm i'm actually embarrassed about that i i i i, I kind of wish i had my head screwed on tight and uh it, at least uh made a good effort to, to get like a really good band from from around the scene to that was going to be my last show and stuff like that. And, um, and then um, I, I got into some trouble with those friends doing their drugs at my home and everything. I get kicked out of the apartment. I moved somewhere else. It's even a worse apartment than I've ever, like, it was scary how, how bad this apartment was and how I thought, I thought the people were who, who lived around it were really scary. And, uh, I just said, fuck Winnipeg. I'm out of here. And um yeah, I packed I I took my guitar and a backpack full of clothes that don't really matter to me. <laughs> and for some odd reason, a teddy bear. And I took the number 14 bus out to the perimeter highway and I just flipped the coin and said east or west and it came up east and I just started hitchhiking. I get one ride from some farmer. He drives me out to Steinbach and I hitch some more. And then I get a ride from a Snyder's meat truck, like 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 a Snyder's, uh, like it was yeah. like a semi truck. This total biker, like this stringy haired, long haired biker with like Randy Savage eye sunglasses <laughs> on, picks yeah. me up. He says, "You got a guitar and you look all right. You don't look like you'll be trouble. <laughs> get in, get in, man. You want a ride?" and 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 uh, he says he said to me, "I'm going to Montreal." And I just thought really fast, and I said, "Well, I'm going to Montreal too." <laughs> wow! And yeah, and uh, and my voyage started right from there.
From a flip of a coin. From a flip of a coin. <laughs> That's an incredible story, man. Yeah. Um, it, it would have been different if it, if it came up tails and I was going west. It, yeah. it might have been different. Uh, but yeah, I, I went off and I didn't tell my parents where I went for like two weeks and they were very worried about me. And I was living like in a homeless shelter in, in Montreal. And um, I, 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 I was, I was, I was trying to get on, on, um, on, on uh, disability welfare out there, or at least city welfare, just to get a, get, get a, a place. And um, while I was in the homeless shelter, I got a modeling job and it was for a jeans company called Hollywood Jeans. And I, I did the modeling and it was just like I, I saw the ad in the newspaper and thought, we'll take a chance on it. And I left, I left the phone number to the homeless shelter I was in. And then I, I get a phone call from them like about a couple weeks later. And they said, come on down. And, and from there, I was from doing the modeling. I enjoy modeling. It was, it was quite, it's quite fun to do modeling. So that, that gave me enough money to get an apartment and then uh, like soon the money ran out and I like, uh, I got on like city welfare, but the rent was so cheap that I could take the, the rest of the money I get from a welfare check. And I, I went and toured like Boston and New York and uh, like all, all that, like Northeast United States area and Ontario. Um, what's another question? Yeah. Well, you're talking about underground live music. What was the last show you saw before the pandemic hit? Don't remember. Uh, did you go to the Descendants what? show? Did you go see the Descendants when they were here? Yeah, my 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 my, my brother um, bought bought me a ticket. It was like my my birthday gift. They took a long time to give it to me. Okay, but uh, I saw a lot of like old friends from from the old like Winnipeg punk scene that I hadn't yeah. seen like in in a good decade or so. Yeah. I was all right with it. Um, I was all right. I, 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 I guess the thing I don't like is that ever since I moved back to Winnipeg, uh, I, 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 I experienced some, some, some bullying in the, in the punk scene and, and some of it was very homophobic. And um, and I I've i I'm rather leery about local punk rockers, and sometimes there's an anger in me when I'm around these kind of people, and I don't enjoy these kind of people anymore, not like I used to. And I would always see my brother looking behind his back just to see, hey, have I gotten the 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 joy back in, in punk rock? Have have I have I gotten that joy back? 
um, from from being at, at at a show, and I I realized that the Descendants, they're they're a band that plays very well, and um, and the singer's very good, and the drummer's really good too, uh, but it 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 just bugged me how I was I was I was I was I was still angry. And um, I, I found, I found since I've moved back to Winnipeg, uh, I more have an attitude to punk rock. Like um, it's a thing of entertainment for me now. That's all it is to me now. It's a thing of entertainment. Uh, and I've kind of ventured off to like, checking out more stuff like psychedelic rock and goth, even though I play an acoustic instrument with my, my folk punk that mm -hmm. I do. I'm not really a fan of acoustic music. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm not all that impressed with acoustic music at all. Um, it's, it's not what I prefer. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I, I just want to say, I, I feel really bad and I'm sorry that you have been experiencing incidents of homophobia within the scene since your return to Winnipeg. And mm -hmm. uh, do you mind if I ask you about that? Because when in the early nineties, when I started to go to shows, I felt like there were different attitudes around homophobia and it feels to me like they, they have gotten better over the years. But if I hear you correctly, you're saying that things are either haven't changed or they've gotten worse. What's your perspective on that? Uh, I think it's just coming from like one one group uh, 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 of people, and and it's it's like the it's like the street punk crowd to be specifically like treated that way with like one kind of subgenre of punk mm -hmm. locally. Yeah, because uh, other kind of punk shows I go to, like nothing happens to me at all. Right. Yeah, like uh, if anything, uh, if I get accosted by anything, it's it's some forty-some-year-old uh, man who's like, I haven't seen you in 20 years. <laughs> let, let, let me take like, oh, what is that? The iPhone. A selfie. The yeah. iPhone photo. <laughs> yeah. I guess I put it out there that at one point I, 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 uh, I used to cross-dress a lot and that I did a drag queen act back when I lived in Vancouver for, oh, I'd say like three and a half years, and it, it was a it was a it was an act where I did mostly like rock music and uh, punk metal. If I knew I was playing like a, a if I knew I was performing as a drag queen somewhere that's really mainstream and uh, top forty, I would I would perform to to Avril Lavigne or. Evanescence, mm -hmm. just just to put the date date the time frame of this. If I was playing somewhere where it seemed seemed like 
seem like uh, more underground, maybe butch lesbians. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, I'd treat them to some Lee Aaron or some Wendy O. Williams, Joan Jett. Right. Um, and uh, I don't know, being a drag queen, it's it's kind of like the gay world's, it's like the gay world's form of bands. Did you ever get into the anything in the homocore scene? Were you a fan of Los Crudos or Limp Wrist or uh, Pansy Division, anything like that? I played a show with Panty Division once in Montreal, and I met the guys and really enjoyed uh, hanging out with them. And uh, that, yeah, that's about it. In in Vancouver, um, I played one one queer core show, but but it it, it was it was mo- it was mostly uh, it was mostly lesbians. And uh, they had a sound very, very different than mine, mm-hmm. and uh, more, more of a pop sound than mine. So we didn't really get along or hang out much with each other. Uh, so I kind of felt like I was on an island on my own. Really, uh, I would work. I would. I would. I would work at. At, at the biggest punk rock venue in the city, and and yet uh, here I would be like I'm a bisexual man, and uh, I I don't know anybody else who's uh, punk and gay in the whole city at all, and mm-hmm. and everything like that. So like I I really just it kind of felt like, yeah, like I'm, I, I was like living in my own world. And then, you know, uh, Monday and Tuesday, I would have my days off of work. And that's when I went to, to these two gay bars that, that had these, had these drag shows. And, and it was almost, it was almost kind of like, you know, how some people, they take up the sport of bowling and they do it for on the weekends. Yeah, that's what it was kind of like. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and then so so uh, at some point that I I got popular enough that it, within within the gay scene of Vancouver that I was I was asked to perform on weekends, on on the rare occasion. And uh, yeah. Uh, that's all I could tell you about it, other than um, people, if they're unsure about uh, going full cross dress, they should they should put on a big high heels, maybe yeah. block shoes. Take it easy with the block <laughs> shoes first. Okay. Wear the block shoes first. <laughs> I'd like to Did 
on the receiving end. Drink to me My sexuality With your hands down my pants By transitive property Can you think on one or two shows That you've seen in your past That absolutely blew your mind? Because you've seen a lot of music A lot of live shows Are there a couple that really stand out in your mind As being transformative for you? Let's see Transformative I really can't think of anything other than um, some of the first times I went down to the Royal Albert Arms. And, you know, after a good number of years of being a good little teenage boy and not trying to get into bars with a fake ID or sneaking into them in, in general, I've been listening to the Dayglo abortions for a good number of years. Mm -hmm. And I wondered, who are these guys? Are they even for real? And then I went. I finally turned 18. Finally turned 18. And I believe it was on October 29th, 1990. Nice. I went to see. I have the poster right up here. The Dayglo abortions. Um, opening for them was Meat Rack and Carpe Diem. If you remember that, those I, bands. I went to school with the guy who played guitar in Carpe Diem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I can. I just remember like it was. It was right there. That I'm just like, yeah, this is what my. I was, I must have been just, yeah, a year into doing my TV show, and I was going, this is exactly what I've been saying with my TV show. Go out and see local bands and, and, and enjoy in, independent music and, and stuff like that. And, like, here it is in front of me. Here's this band that I've really enjoyed listening to for the, for the last four years, and here they are on a night at, at the Royal Albert where it wasn't even a crowded bar. Like this, this was like on a Tuesday night, right? Yeah. You know, at, at, at most there was 40 people there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and it's, it's still burned into my mind looking up on the stage and seeing Murray Acton, Cretton, Cretton, mm -hmm. uh, his singing face while playing guitar, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's still burned and it's still burned into my mind. And, you know, I've, I've always, I've always liked punk rock that, yeah, it's, it's kind of belligerent and, uh, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's making goofy jokes but it also has like a political thing going on with it as well. It, 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 it makes light of, 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 of politics or, 
or if it's or if it's really obvious what they're talking about in politics and that probably led me around to being a, a propaganda fan mm -hmm. as as well like it was probably like it makes sense because you know i see the daglo abortions for my, for my very first time in 1990 and then it's like 1991 i see propaganda for the first time uh, like it, it it had to be like a couple of months later i saw propaganda and met them and asked them about being on my tv show and stuff like that let's go back to the diglo abortions for a moment do you got a favorite diglo abortions tune i would have to say i am my own god Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Please, please be sure to join me next week for the conclusion of my conversation with Winnipeg's Johnny Sissel. The man has been contributing to the Winnipeg independent music scene for over three decades. It's a wonderful story and it deserves to be heard. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Johnny has a radio show on 95.9 CKUW every Tuesday from 3 to 5 p.m. It's called Winnipeg Arena is on Fire. If you're a Winnipegger, please be sure to check it out. If you would like to contact the show, you can do so by sending me an email at audioofftheshelf at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow or tag the podcast on Twitter at AOTS204. Or you can shoot me a message on Instagram at audio off the shelf. I'm going to try to give it to you guys today. Audio Off the Shelf was recorded and produced on Treaty One land, home of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation. The Audio Off the Shelf logo was created by Benjamin Crow, based on the original iconic artwork by Donna Parsons. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah.
Let's go to the bathroom. I'll show you my hair.